The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down the gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the dynasty of the Minnesota Golden Gophers from 1934 to 1941. Minnesota's first season was in 1882, and it is a program that flies well under the radar, as it possessed two of the greatest dynasties in the 20th century, seven national championships, one Heisman winner, and two legendary Hall of Fame coaches. We will discuss arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest dynasty in college football history, Coach Bernie Bierman's 1934-1941 Minnesota Golden Gophers. It all started in 1932, the year before Bernie Bierman was hired, and the Golden Gophers went 7-3. and three. Enter Bernie Bierman. Bernie Bierman was hired in 1932. His first season, the Gophers went a pedestrian 5-3. and three. In his second season, 1933, the Gophers went undefeated their first undefeated season under Coach Bierman, going four wins, no losses, and four ties, and never allowing a team to score more than seven points in any game. And then it happened. Brace yourself. This is a fun ride. In 1934, in Bernie Bierman's third season on opening day, Minnesota defeated North Dakota State 56-12. In week two, Minnesota shut out Nebraska 20 to nothing. In week three, Minnesota faced Pittsburgh. And oh, what a game this was. Playing at Pitt, Minnesota started off slowly. The Gophies were stymied in the first half, five times kicking on third down. They trailed Pittsburgh 7-0 after three quarters. In the fourth quarter, Minnesota recovered a pit fumble at the Pitt's 43-yard line. They drove to the 22-yard line and faced a fourth and two, where they ran a play, a lateral that worked for a touchdown. Late in the game, facing another fourth and two, Bierman engineered another brilliant play. Koska lateral to Seidel, who flipped the ball to Lund, and Lund threw the ball to Tenor for the winning touchdown. Final score? Minnesota 13, Pittsburgh 7, and Minnesota was now 3-0. This was the last game of the season where the Gophers would be held under 30 points. In week four, playing at Iowa City, Minnesota outgained Iowa 514 yards to 129 yards and ran away with a 48-12 win. All 514 yards in this game were gained on the ground. In week five, Minnesota entertained Michigan in the Little Brown Jug. Minnesota shut out Michigan holding the Wolverines to 56 total yards for the game. In week six, Minnesota defeated Indiana 30 to nothing, holding the Hoosiers to zero total yards. More of the same in week seven, Minnesota 35, Chicago seven, holding Chicago to 82 total yards. In week eight, Minnesota defeated Wisconsin 34 to zero to cap the national championship for the Golden Gophers. So to recap the 1934 season, the Minnesota Gophers were eight no. Arguably legendary coach Bernie Bierman's best team in the dynasty, they boasted the second leading scoring offense in the nation, 34 points per game, and the defense was nothing short of lights out. Their 1934 team shut out four opponents. Two other teams scored seven points, 
And the other two teams, well, they scored 12 points, but they wouldn't blow out win by Minnesota, 56 to 12 and 48 to 12. They held Indiana to zero net total yards and won by an average score 34 to five. How dominant was this team? They outrushed their opponents 2,700 yards to 550. That's 340 yards per game to 69 yards per game. They made 135 first downs to the opponent's 37. That is, for every game, 16 first downs to five. And in the fourth quarter, they scored 110 of the 270 points, averaging 14 points in the fourth quarter. So during the 1935 season, Minnesota was on the heels of their first national championship. They opened the season with a 26-6 defeat of North Dakota State. In week two, it was another one of these, oh, what a games. Playing at Nebraska in front of over 36,000 fans at Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Minnesota's vaunted ground game was stifled by a fumbling problem that afternoon. In the first quarter, gopher George Roscoe returned the opening kickoff 71 yards, followed by an eight-play touchdown drive that took a quick 6 to nothing lead for the Gophers. But Wilkinson missed the extra point. The Huskers then quickly struck back on a 31-yard touchdown run by Jerry Lanou. Now Nebraska led 7-6. to six. In a defensive struggle that ensued, the Gophers punted and pinned the Huskers at their own six-yard line. After failing on downs, Minnesota punted, but it was short. And now the Gophers had the ball on the Nebraska 15-yard line. They scored four plays later to take a 12-7 lead. The extra point was blocked, and a scoreless second half resulted. And the Minnesota Gophers earned a hard-fought 12-7 victory, and now they were 2-0. Week three, Minnesota returned home and shut out Tulane 20 to nothing holding Tulane to 60 total yards. Minnesota gained 183 total yards, all of them on the ground. In week four, Minnesota hosted Northwestern, and in a closely contested affair, after three quarters, Minnesota clung to a 14-13 lead. Late in the fourth quarter, still up 14-13, Bud Wilkinson, who went on to forge his own dynasty in the 1950s at Oklahoma as a coach, intercepted Northwestern pass, and one touchdown later, Minnesota won 21-13. After that, the Gophers would go on to run the table, defeating Purdue, Iowa, Michigan, and Wisconsin by scores of 27 to 7, 13 to 6, 40 to nothing, and 33 to 7. The Minnesota Gophers finished 8 0 and had won their second consecutive national championship. Coach Bernie Beerman's 1935 team was undefeated, untied, and won by an average score of 24 to 6. No team scored more than 12 points against them all season. Entering the 1936 season, Bernie Bierman's Minnesota Gophers had won back-to-back -back national championships, were riding a 17-game unbeaten streak, and had not lost in the last 24 games. In week one, Minnesota traveled to Seattle to open the season against Washington. The defense shined. Minnesota batted down four passes, and Julian Alphonse intercepted three passes at the goal line. Bud Wilkinson caught a six-yard touchdown to lead Minnesota to a 14-7 defeat of Washington to start the season with an opening day win. In weeks two, three, and four, Minnesota shut out Nebraska, Michigan, and number five, Purdue, seven to nothing, 26 to nothing, and 33 to nothing. And now they were off to a 4 0 start. In week five, they faced Northwestern. And spoiler alert, they lost. Northwestern six, Minnesota zero, Halloween 1936. And it's really hard to deliver an upset in the history of college football more stunning than this one. Number one, Minnesota was 4 0 and was riding a 24 game winning streak. They had not lost in 28 games. They were the two-time defending national champions in the midst of a dynasty, and they were coached by the legend Bernie Bierman. 
Number three, Northwestern entered the game undefeated 4-0. Playing at home, the Wildcats found themselves in a scoreless tie in the fourth quarter. And that's when things got wild. Minnesota back Julius Alphonse bobbled the pitch, fumbled, and the Wildcats recovered. Northwestern then fumbled, and now Minnesota recovered. But the Gophers were penalized for punching in the scrum to recover the fumble. And Northwestern was awarded the ball at the one-yard line. Northwestern scored the only points of the game to secure the stunning upset. And I urge you to remember this lone loss as we continue our discussion and that one errant punch that set up the touchdown. Minnesota went on to run the table, defeating Iowa, Texas, and Wisconsin in convincing fashion, 52 to nothing, 47 to 19, and 24 to nothing, to earn a three-peat, the third consecutive national championship. They benefited from a stunning Notre Dame defeat of previously unbeaten Northwestern at season's end. Entering the 1937 season, the Gophers were riding a string of three consecutive national championships. And while they opened with a 69-7 defeat of North Dakota State, they lost the next week to Nebraska 14-9 and finished the season 6-2. In 1938, Minnesota opened the season with four consecutive wins before going 2-2 two two the rest of the way to finish 6-2. And in the 1939 season, Minnesota did open with a 62 to nothing defeat of Arizona, but lost in week two to Nebraska six to nothing to finish three, four and one. So here we are at the 1940 season. Week one playing at home in their season opener in front of over 45,000 fans against Washington. Early in the first quarter, Washington had the ball at their own 21 yard line. The Gophers forced a fumble and scored on a short field to go up quickly seven to nothing. On the ensuing possession, Washington drove 80 yards for a touchdown to tie the game at seven. In the second quarter, Minnesota moved ahead 10 to seven. Washington answered with a touchdown. And on the ensuing kickoff, Sonny Frank returns at 98 yards to the house for a touchdown to give the Gophers a 17 to 14 lead going into halftime. A defensive battle ensued in the second half. In the third quarter, Minnesota drove the field, but threw an interception three yards short of the goal line. While Washington quailed the attack, the Huskies went three and out and lined up for a punt. The snap went over the punter's head for a goal for safety, and now the score was 19 to 14. These were the only points of the second half, and Minnesota survived the game again, 19 to 14. They were 1 and 0. In week two, playing at home, they faced Nebraska. Minnesota dominated the time of possession outgaining the Cornhuskers by 288 yards that day. But they did trail 7-6 to six in the fourth quarter when a long touchdown pass propelled the Gophers to a dramatic 13-7 win. Now the Gophers were 2-0. In week three, Minnesota had now risen to number seven in the country and faced number 15, Ohio State, at Columbus. This time, it was Minnesota that was outplayed. Ohio State outgained them by 154 yards, forcing three gopher turnovers without any turnovers for the Buckeyes. In the first quarter, Bruce Smith opened the scoring with a touchdown. Later in the quarter, the Gophers drove to the 20-yard line, fumbled, and Ohio State recovered. On fourth down, the Buckeyes scored to take a 7-6 lead. This game was gearing up to be another bond burner. In the second quarter, Minnesota drove for a touchdown to take a 13-7 lead, where the score held until halftime. In the second half, both defenses locked down, and this game remained 13-7 until late in the fourth quarter. Late in the game, the Buckeyes drove to the one-yard line, but they were held on downs by a very tough gopher defense. Final score, 13-7, and now Minnesota was 3-0. In week four, Minnesota, now number four in the nation, faced number eight, Northwestern. 
Minnesota squeaked out a 13 to 12 victory as Northwestern missed both of their extra points. By week five, Minnesota was now number two in the nation. They faced a Tommy Harmon-led Michigan team who was number three. Uh, Tommy Harmon would go on to win the Heisman that year. This was a battle of the heavyweights, playing at home in front of over 63,000 frenzied fans on a turf that was soaked due to rain. Minnesota fell behind six to nothing. In the second quarter, Michigan blocked the punt and recovered the ball at the Minnesota three. The Gophers, though, intercepted the Wolverines' pass to thwart the drive. And then it happened. On the ensuing possession, Gophers' Bruce Smith, who would go on to win the Heisman the next year, raced for his iconic, epic 80-yard touchdown to propel the Gophers to a 7-6 victory. Bruce Smith had scampered off left tackle, hit the sidelines, and he was gone to the races. 80 yards for touchdown. As a result of the win, Minnesota was now 6-0, propelled to number one in the nation. In week six and seven, Minnesota won easily, 33-6 over Purdue and 22-13 over Wisconsin, to claim their fourth national championship in seven years. Entering the 1941 season, Minnesota was now riding a nine-game winning streak dating back to 1939. In week one, Minnesota opened the 1941 season with a 14-6 victory at Washington, fueled by Bruce Smith scoring two touchdowns. In week two, Minnesota faced Illinois. Minnesota scored four touchdowns in the first half and cruised to a 34-6 win, so decisive that the Gophers jumped to number one in the nation. After a week three, 39 to nothing defeat of Pittsburgh, they faced number three Michigan in Ann Arbor in week four. Bruce Smith, who would go on to win the Heisman that year, returned a punt 78 yards through a touchdown pass and propelled the Gophers to a seven to nothing win. The Gophers would go on to win out the remaining games as they defeated an Otto Graham led Northwestern team eight to seven, followed by wins of nine to nothing, 34 to 13, and 41 to six over Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. The 1941 team finished with a 17 game winning streak completing a back-to-back national championship run, the fifth national championship for the program in eight years, a dynasty nearabouts unparalleled in college football history. Coach Bernie Bierman's 1941 national championship team was a dynamo. Only one team scored more than once against this Golden Gopher team. They outscored opponents 186 to 38 as they won by an average score of 23 to 5. The Minnesota Golden Gophers of 1941 went 8-0. In 1942, Coach Bernie Bierman, a shy, reticent man, went off to serve in World War II. The Gophers on the new coach, George Hauser, in a war-torn year, fell to 5-4. and four. History will remember Bernie Bierman coached the Minnesota Golden Gophers from 1932 to 1941, when he then went off to serve his country in World War II, come back, and then coached the Gophers in a second go-around from 1945 to 1950, winning 72% of his games. History will remember the little things. Like at halftime, he was known to not give a fiery speech, but simply read off his team's mistakes. He ran a single wing formation behind an unbalanced line. History will remember that Coach Bernie Bierman's version of the Gophers were dynasty, winning five national championships in an eight-year span, including a three-peat from 1934 to 1936 and back-to-back national championships in 1940 and 41. Coach Bierman served as a Marine in both World War I and World War II. And in between, he created one of college football's greatest dynasties. In a 10-season stretch, his defenses allowed two opponents to score over 20 points. His 1936 team that was going for a three-peat as a national championship registered three consecutive shutouts. He posted five undefeated seasons. Bernie Bierman is in the College Football Hall of Fame. History will remember Bruce Smith as the man who, in 1940 and 1941, led the Gophers to -to back-to-back national championships. 
1941, Bruce Smith rushed for 473 yards and five touchdowns, passed for 320 yards and two touchdowns. In 1941, he was awarded the Heisman Trophy. Aftermath. This program would go on to be remembered for its vast riches in college football history. Think about it. Seven national championships, one Heisman winner, one legendary coach, Henry L. Williams, who in the years of 1900 to 1921 won 79% of his games. From 1900 to 1905, Coach Williams' Gophers were a dynasty as well as they went 65-4-3. They outscored opponents by a stunning 2,702-21. to In back-to-back seasons, 1903 and 1904, the Gophers went 27-0-1, scoring over 100 points three times and shutting out 27 of the 29 teams they faced. This was a program that gave us the 1904 Golden Gophers, 13-0, coached again, I will say it by Henry L. Williams. They were undefeated, untied national champions. They had a defense for the ages, shutting out 12 of the 13 teams they faced, and only a 16-12 defeat of Nebraska kept them from an undefeated, untied, unscored-upon season. On offense, they scored over 100 points twice. This is a program that put out such gridiron greats as quarterback John McGovern, who in 1909 played every minute of every game except for one, and yeah, he was an All-American. It gave us legendary coach Bud Wilkinson, legendary fullback Bronco Nagurski, Biggie Mum, and he went on to coach Michigan State to two national championships. Defensive lineman Bobby Bell anchored a defense that led Minnesota to the Rose Bowl and a national championship, and then on to the NFL, where he anchored a Kansas City Chief defense that went on to win Super Bowl IV. This program gave us quarterback Sandy Stevens, who's the first all-American, African-American quarterback from a major college football team. Stevens led the Gophers' 1960 national championship team and is the only Minnesota quarterback to take the Gophers to a Rose Bowl, and he did this twice in 1961 and 62. This is a program that gave us quarterback Assad abdul Khalid and running back Marion Barber III. This is a program that gave us the most played rivalry in NCAA Division I, the rivalry against Wisconsin, where the winner of the game wins the Paul Bunyan's axe. And this is a program that gave us the Little Brown Jug which goes to the winner of the Michigan-Minnesota game and is the oldest of college football's trophy games. But for all of the glorious history of the Minnesota Gophers, there was a time when this program won five national championships in an eight-year span. To put this in perspective, yes, there were other dynasties. Yale's 26 national championships over 38 years from 1872 to 1909 and the recent incarnation of the dynasty at Alabama six national championships in 12 years. But we're talking five national championships in eight years. There was a time when the Gophers' reign of terror saw in those five national championship seasons, four undefeated seasons with only one loss in that other season as they went 39-1. and One One errant punch in a Northwestern game kept this dynasty from going undefeated in all five national championship seasons. There was a time when the Gophers posted arguably the greatest dynasty college football had ever seen. There was a time, dare I say, that we may never see again. Thank you for listening to the History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode. 